You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 122 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for the Overwatch League and professional Overwatch in general. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for hanging out with us on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons on Sunday nights, 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. around Pacific time, uh, 11.30 p.m., 11 p.m. Eastern time time zones you know how it works uh follow us on twitter at pushpoint pod at labosco at ramses underscore ow or leave us an email push the point gmail.com leave us a review on itunes it helps us out a lot i am joined by my buddy a close friend my confidant someone who's heard me scream a bunch of times and ranked i think just well not this month but a while ago labosco how are you doing this evening i'm doing pretty good i've been on that new world grind uh same you know, waiting in long queues to get into servers, but it's been fun nonetheless. So, you know, pretty, pretty enjoyable so far, at least up until this point. And uh, yeah, it's been a good distraction, especially now with the season ending for Overwatch League. So, yes, sir. We actually we just had some news drop right now as I'm as we started the show. So we'll talk about that. I think not first we'll go. We'll add that more near the end. But it is you and I talked about last week. Uh, we had a, a suggestion from I think Geo actually with Mash Those Buttons, who you can see in old episodes of dropping spicy, doing some other stuff. Um, about going having a conversation as far as who is the greatest of all time for Overwatch One, which now that Overwatch One competition has officially like concluded at the major level, mm-hmm. I think we're able to have that conversation finally. So I had I had a really hard time kind of putting together my thoughts on it. So I think I'm going to be I really want to pick your brain about that when we get later in the episode. OK, yeah, I'm excited to kind of do that. Um, like I said, Overwatch one is ending. Six v six is no longer going to be a thing. So the game is changing considerably, right? Like whether people realize it or not, like and and I think maybe all of the moves might be assigned to that. But there's a reason why a lot of teams are changing a lot of things. Or, or or going to be doing that at the very least. Yes, sir. I, and the more we talk about it as well, the more it makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. kind of you and I ran, not even you and I, let me rephrase that. Um, I'm sure you saw me run into the same kind of conundrum last off season where it was like, man, all these players are getting released from a team. Why? I, I can't believe that they would re- release these guys. They did. Okay. They did pretty well. And as frustrating and as sad to watch as like the churn of players is a lot of these teams are now we have like a concrete explanation for what they're building towards what they're pushing towards and if somebody didn't fit what you really wanted from them for the team it's not surprising to see a lot of teams go in a different direction so quickly well the other thing too is this is a win now league right like you're trying to win it all so teams aren't going to be okay with just doing decent right like uh, there's a lot of teams in particular that, that I can think of that will that, you know, had decent performances, but did they win anything? Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes a lot of sense for teams to look and change. Even if we were going to be in six V six, we'd probably still be seeing a lot of turnover. Um, I, I think that's one thing that people shouldn't be surprised by. 
Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's just get into it right off the bat. Um, we'll start off with Houston. The Houston Outlaws kind of made announcements. Really, the players did more than anything. That um, Jongu, Dreamer, Crimzo, and Juby are all free agents. Um, it kind of felt like when I look at this that the Crimzo one was a little bit different. Um, oh, it's Crimzo's birthday today. Happy birthday to Crimzo. Um, yeah, he's... The allies haven't given me the opportunity to explore other options, and I will be considering all all interested parties. This doesn't mean that I won't be returning to Outlaws next year, rather that I'm open to other possibilities. But for Jongu, uh, Dreamer, and Juby, it kind of seemed more like a getting pushed out the door sort of thing. It, I think it's more of like, okay, you're you're technically a free agent on this date, right? So like some of these people their free agent dates, you know, may not have hit yet or something too, right? Like, I don't think Crimzo is officially a free agent yet, but he's mm-hmm. probably, his contract's probably coming up because everybody's contract ends at a different date. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't get re-signed, but they probably aren't going to be if they're announcing it or they're just shopping themselves around to see if there's better opportunities monetarily to do it's it's very weird how overwatch does it let's be honest well it reminds me a lot of like what philadelphia did last year right or that might not even be the best comparison but this is the shock does something similar as well we'll talk about them where they let their players kind of go out there and test the market and see what the value is for themselves out there instead of just right away committing to their team I mean, that's to the benefit of the players more than it is a team, right? Like, yeah, if you're a team, it's better to resign a player and not let them test the market. Because one, then you you have the opportunity to lose that player. That's why it's very weird, because. And let's not pretend these teams aren't also doing a little bit of looking to see what else they could possibly get at the same time. It's not like. Well, right. But there's also the thing is, is that. I feel like teams are able to do this because maybe they think that they're going to get less money for a player because they're going to test the market and then the market's actually going to be lower for the value of that player than what the player initially thought. Like there's two ways that it can go for a player. Mm-hmm. So you can either end up being worth more than you thought you were going to be or you're going to be worth less. So it, it's hard to say because we don't we don't really know how much any of these guys are making. Like this isn't the NFL. This isn't the MLB. This isn't any of the the professional sports leagues that we see in the United States where you know how much every single player is making. We have no yeah. idea. And and that makes it hard to know. But, you know, good for guys getting an opportunity to. But at the same time, not having security is a scary thing as well. It's not like these guys are making millions of dollars. So I think it's pertinent that we always say there is a difference between resigned with no hyphen, which means that they have left the team or re-signed, which means that they've started back up with the team. So we'll kind of go through these in chunks. Um, some of them will get more conversation than others. Uh, but yeah, Jongu, Dreamer, Crimzo, and Juby are all either in free agency or testing free agency. Um, Crimzo, I think, is the main piece they really want to build around. Um, I, you definitely want more tanks for Houston besides Piggy. But I could see them try and run Piggy as their only tank. Not like I think it's a good idea, but I can just see it being a Houston idea. I mean, who knows? Um, it's too, too early to tell. Yeah. Because we'll see. Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see 
either Jongu or Dreamer go back to that team at some point. Um, I think the one that I'm kind of, I don't know if I would say bummed about, but the one that like is gives me a little bit of a feeling is Juby. Only because I felt like, I mean, you saw people making the jokes about like, oh man, like, so player Jake and coach Jake really sat down and thought about who is the best pick to keep on the team. And wouldn't you know it, coach Jake selected player Jake. And like, I don't know if it necessarily went like that, but it did feel like Juby wasn't necessarily given, I think, the reps that I would have liked to see him go. But granted, Jake did well in those situations. So, I mean, I understand why he didn't play. Well, it it just seemed like he was only one thing. He was a Lucio, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what other heroes did you really see Juby play all that much for them? I mean, he played Brig a little bit, but it wasn't like a good hero for him. Like you said. And, and to be honest, I don't know how good of a Lucio he was either, right? Because like, actually, Lucio, he was pretty good. I couldn't remember if he was good or not on Lucio. Like, but if that's it, like, that doesn't help you. It's nice to have, but in the way the game is changing, it might not matter. Mm-hmm. So I think that him being a free agent is more beneficial to him because maybe there's somebody who wants a Lucio specialist on their team than they have somebody. And I'm not saying he is just a Lucio specialist, but Lucio is, you know, sort of Juby's bread and butter. So maybe this will be a good opportunity for him. Um, but you you needed somebody who could play more than just that one hero at a high level. Uh, mm-hmm. You needed more than just that from him. San Francisco Shock announced that Smurf and Twilight are both testing free agency. They kind of made it specific that they're testing free agency to see what kind of offers are out there. I do wonder. Um, I really wonder where they go from here. I, I could see. I would like to see them bring back both players. Um, we know that double flex support is a very viable strategy that we saw for a lot of this season. Was um, was every strategy. Was. You can't you cannot think about old strategies when you're thinking about whatever Overwatch 2 is going to be. So I these guys are both valuable. Um, I wouldn't mm-hmm. I could see them definitely going back. But granted, we said the same thing about Moth and then Moth went to the Glads. So but that was Moth's decision, though, too. That was not yes. one where like it didn't seem like he was going like he wanted to go back to the to the shock. I don't know if it makes a difference if he's on the shock either, by the way. I don't think oh, it don't changes think so where they, they exit. Um, maybe they're a little bit better because there's a little bit more synergy stylistically with him. But I, I think that they still end up having the trouble that they do because the person that they lost during the beginning of the season is probably the biggest loss that they had or the biggest loss any team any had of a player. Mm. Looking at Philadelphia Fusion, a couple different announcements. Uh, Mono actually announced earlier this month or earlier this week, excuse me, that he is. I don't know if retiring is the right word, but that he is leaving to um, complete his mandatory military service. I think he said that it was a temporary thing. I don't think he said it was a retirement. I think he said temporary mm-hmm. leave. Um, just based on his age, he's 25. This is around the time that you see a lot of guys go. Some guys go earlier. Some guys go later. Like Eska was like 27 or eight when he went. I mean, Ryu J. Hong, I think, did his pretty early, considering that he was an Overwatch player in like his mid to late 20s. Yeah, like he already did his service. Um, he he was like, yeah, I think he was like 18 or 19 or something like that when he did. 
but yeah, everybody, what, but if you're a South Korean citizen, you have to do this, right? Like you have to serve two years. It's mandatory. You have to do it. So Mano could have done it later, but it seems like this is the time that he decided to do it. And honestly, it sounds like for good reasons to sort of let himself, you know, recharge the batteries a little bit as far as competing. I remember reading that he did say that he, there was a little bit of fatigue sort of setting in. That, not mm-hmm. those exact words, but that was sort of what he was saying. So, yeah, I mean, he literally titled that twit longer taking a break. So he's, exactly. Yeah. So it has been excellent seeing him compete over the past couple of years. I know we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think just wishing the best for that guy and hoping that this next period of time for him goes well. Definitely. Uh, and then the. A couple other players from uh, Philadelphia have announced uh, free agency Poco and funny Astro. Um, I know funny Astro specifically kind of did the whole like script as far as like, this doesn't mean I'm gone from Philadelphia, but just that I'm looking at other offers to see what's out there. So his current contract expires on October 9th. Um, It doesn't mean I'm leaving fusion for sure, but I'd like to look at all my options and hear offers from other owl teams. Um, Houston, please, please go pick him up. I'm begging you. Him or Masa, um, which actually Atlanta Rain announced that Masa is going to be a free agent as well, which is, I mean, quick note about Masa. That's a guy, too, who kind of had, I don't know, if, I guess you would say a down year in 2020. Uh, didn't really play up to the level that we know he could and had a pretty good bounce back 2021. Yeah, he he. Well, one thing I think that that sort of he's in a similar boat, in my opinion, to. um juby where he got to play a lot of lucio right Mm -hmm. and that makes a difference right when you can play the hero that you're best at he's also known to be very good at alt tracking so that was another thing that he he was always very very good at which is something that can win you a spot on a team regardless so when you have those two you know you're, you're already pretty good at alt tracking and now now your roster is sort of solidified around you you get to play lucio a lot more in rush style comps and a bunch of the other stuff that they did it makes a big difference. And then he's able to play really well. So again, another guy where like, you know, he's very, very good at one hero, but you still probably have a lot more questions about the other heroes in his pool. Well, and- the other heroes in his pool are at a higher level for sure than Juby, but I, I think it's the idea of, would you call him elite at those other ones as well? You'd call him elite. I think at Lucia, right? Like, like yeah, think- we're talking about like mercy and brig is what I mean. Yeah, you, you probably don't think so for Mercy, um, but Brigitte, I think he was at least okay. Uh, he I was mean, he was he was ranked number four as far as uh, Brigitte's. So and Brigitte was the other one that was really important. So the two that were most important were Brigitte and then Lucio. Like Mercy had her place, but she was never she was never the most important main support hero. So it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense that that those two things he had a good year. Uh, this is this one's a little bit. I don't know if I would say confusing to me, but it's the same sentiment I talked about earlier. Um, Paris Eternal announced that uh, Tasuna, Oni God, Vistola, and uh, most surprisingly, Get Amazed are all now free agents. I go back and forth with this. Um, Tasuna didn't really play that much this year. Not super surprising. Um, it's Oni God. Suna, that's right. Thank you. Um, Oni God had a pretty good year. I think he played above expectation or at least at a level that we were excited to see him play. Mm-hmm. The Stola really kind of came in and 
helped push this team to like the heights that they had during like the middle of the season. Yeah. And get amazed was a coach of the year candidate for me. I think that some people have talked about like, Oh, well, like what's cause they would want more money. It's cause they're asking for higher value. And we know a is coming back. I could definitely see that being the case with get amazed, but I mean, for Oni God of the stole, I, I don't what, know where those guys would go that would fetch that same like that same level. What did what did they really do though? Like what what did this team in Paris Eternal really achieve? Did they go to did they go to Hawaii at all? No. Did they make it into playoffs? No, they made a couple turn they made a tournament, I think. Well, no, they didn't because they didn't get to Hawaii. I'm sorry. They made it to knockouts for tournaments. Which I know is they not never the same made thing. it to Hawaii, right? They never made the it to Hawaii. Thing. They never made it to. They didn't make it into playoffs. So, are you going to pay these guys more money potentially for being average? I understand they're not paying them more money. I'm more com- coming from the aspect of that. I thought that these guys outperformed the initial, like very low expectations that we had. And since uh, we had seen what it appeared to be that the strategy for Paris was to not pay, was to pay as little money as possible. It seemed like they were going to be comfortable going forward with these guys. At least that was a perception that I had in my head. The get the get amazed free agency is, I think not surprising in that I would have expected him to want more money for the job he did with the team. And I definitely see Paris not willing to pay that money. We we don't even know if that's why they're letting him go too. They might not be have been happy with his performance, or maybe players weren't happy with his performance. Like there's there's a lot we I mean, don't know. Most of the comments I've seen from players regarding him leaving have been that they were super happy with his performance. Okay, well that's a good sign. Then. But still, I, I'm I'm the the good thing for get amazed is maybe he can find himself in a a different situation. The other problem here too is like get amazed might be a good six v six coach. But is he going to be good in 5v5? And that's, I think, something you can ask about every player and every coach. So and the other the other part, too, is like we like I have the same feeling with Oni God and Vistola specifically. I'm just wondering where those guys would go and get amazed as well. Otherwise, because see, I think all three of them, at least those three, I think Oni God, Vistola and get amazed are three people who have potential to go somewhere else though. Like if they're if you were to ask me what players I think had the highest potential to play somewhere else, like Oni God has been consistent at this game for such a long time and has been good. Like I think he would be great wherever he goes. Like I think there's rosters he could fit maybe a spot. Um DPS to me in my opinion is probably going to be the thing that changes the least from 5v5 to 6v6. In fact, like the game might get a little easier in some respects for DPS in in certain ways. Um, Mm -hmm. It'll get harder in other ways. But like the things that make you good as a DPS, the game seems to be trending in a way that's going to help you out. So I think guys like Onigat are going to have a much easier time than somebody like Vestola, whose role is completely changing, right? Yeah. Um, Get amazed. The way you coach is completely changing, right? Like the importance of things is completely changing. So I think what I mean along with that is I just look at the teams that we have in the Overwatch League and with so many of them kind of having a dedicated coaching strategy so far, because we don't know what will happen in a week. I, I just wonder where there is a spot for him to go as well is a lot of what I mean. 
There might be. I mean, you don't know. That's that's the point of what I'm saying is like the game is changing so much next year that we don't know. We have no idea. Like, I don't I don't think people understand the fundamental change that is happening with Overwatch. Right. Like peel does not matter as much now anymore because you don't have that off tank that is dedicated to peeling. Right. Like, like there's mm. so many different things that are going to be happening in this game that you might benefit from a different style of coach than what Get Amazed is, regardless of how good of a coach Get Amazed is, right? So maybe taking a chance and seeing what comes out, like Paris Eternal could end up rehiring if like early on in 5v5, it seems like he's got a good grasp of it, right? Like that's a possibility, I think, because you you just, you you don't know how the game, how much the game is going to change because we still don't even know what every hero looks like, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen, we've seen the tip of the iceberg with how 5v5 is going to be played. We, we saw a bunch of guys who have never played this game in this way and saw what they could come up with. More announcements as well. Uh, I know I, it's hard to see it, Labosco, but <laughs> The Yada Chad himself, Among, is officially a free agent. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's not incredibly surprising, I guess, when you look at the success they had with Gaga this year, who mm -hmm. kind of was able to play his hero pool and then some. So not surprising, but it's still kind of. <laughs> it is still kind of a bummer to watch. I guess it's just a bummer yeah. to see. Not, But He's I do a likable love, guy. Mm -hmm. His tweet was, I'm um, looking for a new Owl team. First, I have confidence to play all tank heroes well. Secondly, if your team is going to win the championship, then I'm going to be the final piece of the puzzle in this contact information. You love to see it. You love yeah. to see his excitement, like his like resolve for it. Um, you, you definitely do, especially too. like I like that he tweeted that out, too, because he's sort of been known as an Orisa and uh, like Wrecking Ball one trick. It was funny. They talk about like <laughs> there's a clip, I think, from last year of Bren and Sideshow casting a Chengdu game. And they're talking about like, oh, and here we have in front of us the man often, reg often regarded as the best wrecking ball in the world. And it's like among like doing like on Eichenwald point A, like he's winding up to do like a big like pile driver and he just completely misses it and lands somewhere else. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> it's about like it is. It's it tugs in your heartstrings a little bit, but I'm hoping he gets to land somewhere else because he's definitely someone who I think has the work ethic to make it happen. He's a fan favorite regardless, so I think he'll find. Are you There's... saying this just because he has Ace as his Twitter profile picture? Well, I didn't wait. He does. Yeah, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, man, I like him even more now. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, now it hurts even more. Oh, um, no, Washington... no, but. But uh, no, I, I do. I think he has a good chance of finding a job, uh, a place to land, even if it's maybe not playing. Washington Justice um, made a couple announcements. Um, Tuba is a free agent um, and Closer is going to be leaving to complete his military service. Uh, not really surprising on either end. I hope hope things go well for Closer in the future with military service. We were talking about this off the show. I'm wondering how many more. If you're going to see a lot more pros kind of going and pursuing military service in the next couple of weeks, or if maybe that's, oh, it's not that many. It's, it is, it is something else that'll be in the equation from now on. That'll be interesting to kind of chart. Yeah, I, I definitely think it'll be, especially with some of the age of some of the players, 
um, it is something to pay attention to for sure. So uh, it's unfortunate because I think Closer had a very good bounce back year. So it does mm-hmm. suck to see that he's going to be going in for military service. But again, the game is changing. Maybe this is the best time to do it. Give yourself some time to learn whatever Overwatch 2 ends up being. Tuba seems like a great guy as well. I've seen nothing but positive talk about him, so I hope that he finds another spot somewhere. Um, looking at Shanghai Dragons, a develop who is the free agent. Um, he's a Chinese contenders player. Chinese contenders player or Korean contenders player? Uh, team CC is Korea now. Okay. Um, contenders player who came and joined the team kind of in the wake of um, of DM leaving the team and retiring. So. Yep. He's off. Um, Very good player. Mm-hmm. By the way, Lobosk, we didn't even talk about this. How interesting is it to feel that who are you? Is, is a champion? A, is an Overwatch League world champion? <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who at one time was considered the best DPS player in the world, right? So mm-hmm. good for him. Sometimes you get a championship by riding the bench and that's OK and that's fine. I mean, he didn't ride it completely like he did play like what a game or two. What's that one Hannibal Burris bit where he talks about like, hey, he has a, he has an Emmy for Saturday Night Live in the same way that Jawan Howard has an NBA championship. Hey, you still got it. That's all that matters, <laughs> right? Um, you still get that ring. Boston Uprising Color Hex has been um, released from the team. He's going to be a free agent. I wonder where he goes. Um, it's, I don't think, think his stock has necessarily been bumped by his time with Boston, but I think he's someone who still has something to prove. We didn't really see him much this year between um, Valentine and Jimmy. Not Jimmy, I'm sorry. Valentine and um, I'm 37 kind of running DPS for that team. But I I would like to see him end up somewhere. I think he still has something left in the tank. Color Hex is a very good hit scan player. And DPS, DPS, I think, will be the most interesting to see if guys get jobs or not. Because, like, there are certain guys who in 6v6 maybe weren't very good. But I think they might be a lot better in 5v5. So... Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see that. I don't think it's too much of a surprise, though. No, I I agree with you. Not really a surprise. What was a surprise for a lot of people was Dallas Fuel announcing a couple of different things. Repel um, is retiring. uh, And then the team has released Jexay and Pine. I think the Jexay release kind of was what hit people in the feels the most. I think Mm -hmm. most people... I don't know if I would say most people. A fair amount of people assumed that Dallas was just going to keep the exact same roster and go again next year. I think if you or if you were to look at their starting six and say where is their weakest spot, what what position would you say it is? I mean, for Dallas, if you were looking st- at them this past year, what would you have said is the spot where they? Uh, are lacking the le- the most, right? It would have been support. I mean, it would have been main support. Mm-hmm. Because Fielder, you know, guy ends up being a role star for a reason, right? Um, Hanbin is one of the best players in the world. Feel- Fearless, Fearless, would the only other area is maybe main tank because Fearless was very, like he got better at the wrecking ball and was actually very good at the end of the season. But it was that Winston and Reinhardt. You really didn't see him play Arisa, right? Like Arisa mm-hmm. was not in his pool. Like that was maybe the other area where you would say it, but it's only because he couldn't play certain things because the other things he plays, he's world class. Um, and I don't think there was, you know, you know, DPS, you were hurting because you didn't have much hit scan. So 
Uh, Pine, we never got to see, which sucks. So they signed him and then they released him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what What can you say about that one? You, you just don't know. Jexay would have been the one area where I feel like they could have gotten better or they can be better. And not that Jexay was bad either, but Jexay, I, I don't think Jexay on the Brigitte and the Mercy were the same caliber of what we saw in the championship team or, or some other teams. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see again, like this might be a thing where just the contract was for the only the one year and then he got released and he could get. Um, yeah, he could get resigned. We'll see. Um, L.A. Gladiators, Muse and Mirror have both been released or have their contracts run out. Either way, they're free agents right now. Mirror wasn't necessarily super surprising. It finally felt like I think a quarter of the way in the end of the year, they had finally decided that Kevster Birdring was your DPS duo and you were not mm-hmm. switching off of that. Well, they'll they'll bring somebody in to fill depth, I think, after this. But I think it's it's easier to test the waters to see what's out there right now. I don't think you're missing a lot by not having Mirror on the team. Right. Um, Muse, I felt bad for, I think, in just that it seemed like a lot of the season he was still kind of trying to figure out what to do. I think what we've talked about before is that when you see when main tanks get caught out a lot, there's part of it is a individual issue. Part of it is a coaching issue. And I always felt like it was more of a coaching issue with them, but I don't know. I would have liked to see this guy come back for another year. Yeah, he was pretty good. I mean, he didn't set the world on fire, but he wasn't necessarily his, like a bat. He wa- he wasn't a net detractor near the end of the season. His his pool was actually pretty good. So maybe this is a case of him maybe wanting more money. Um, you'd say maybe you wanted more from him on the Reinhardt. And then I guess I wonder how much of his success was because of Shu, right? Mm-hmm. Like we know that like a really good support behind a tank can make a tank seem better what, than what they are. Um, Sato comes to mind in particular. Yeah. Where when, when you saw him get with alarm and funny Astro, he became so much better. So maybe they feel like they could get more from somebody else, or maybe they just want to see market wise, if they can get somebody who fits more what they want, I guess. I mean, he was looking at it here. Wrecking ball. He was listed number three in the power rankings. Winston, he was number three. Arisa, he was number three, and then Reinhardt, he was nine. So that's pretty well, good. The, there's a narrative already I've seen happen online where people are trying to say that apparently off tanks are going to are there. There will be cases of more off tanks kind of taking the solo tank position that they have a little bit more. They're used more to the play style. And apparently the opi- the opinion, not mine, the opinion is that they it's easier for them to pick up main tank heroes and vice versa. I don't know. I think that's a very huge generalization. But when you have somebody who's as good as space, I definitely think that you have like a little bit of space to work with as far as who else you have on the tank roster. Well, if you're think, going to a one tank meta, I think you, or one you tank have, so. what you have to think about is what is the more uh, mechanical position between main tank and off tank, right? Mm-hmm. Like where does mechanics matter more? It's off tank, right? And with the way that the game is going in 5v5 and from what we've seen, what seems to matter more, um, you know, positioning and and, um, you know, knowledge like like, uh, you know, knowing your positioning and things like that or or being a mechanically gifted player. Right. 
Like, mm-hmm. like it seems like it's more leaning towards the mechanical side of things than the the positioning side and and you know knowing ability stuff. Like like abilities will still be important, obviously, but like having good positioning, being that main tank, is something that's a lot different. So I think it makes sense that the belief would be this way, and it's maybe not necessarily going to be true, but. I definitely see where people can make that argument. But then again, you look at a guy like gesture and like gesture is incredible on like whatever he plays anyways. So I I don't know how much validity that will have. Maybe there's some, but I I think it's too early to tell. Yeah. You know, muse could end up being amazing. It's hard to say right now. So this is more of what teams believe than anything else. And again, he could still come back like, like, Nobody is like they're like, I don't think the gladiator said goodbye to them, did they? I'll check on that. Um, looking at a couple other teams as well. This one broke right as um, right as we started the show. Actually, Guangzhou Charge announced that Jihun and my or my Kaylee, Kariv and Mondu have been released. Um, yeah, this is, today we say farewell to Muse. So 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 then they don't want to bring him back more than likely because you don't say farewell if you're planning unless you're I'll, I'll, EQO unless oh, you're EQO that's the only person who gets say, unless you're like Philly and you're just debating everybody right yeah yeah that's true okay so Guangzhou Charge have released a significant portion of that roster um I mean granted these guys like it was not a great year for this team um I think you certainly had higher expectations for almost all these guys. I don't know if you did for Jihun necessarily because Rio Rio was going to be your starter no matter what, but definitely I think for Kariv, we expected a little bit more and we wanted more from Mondu, I think after not really getting to show much at New York. So, and I remember, do you remember talking with uh, D Holkey during the off season about like the, the hype that there was for my Kaylee as well? Yeah, I know about Kaylee. Yeah. There was a, I, I was excited for Kaylee. Like I was very excited for Kaylee. This is somebody that I had seen for a long time in, in Contenders China. So yeah. it, it definitely, Guangzhou was like one of the most confusing teams, right? But Mike Kaylee, I, I mean, how much did Mike Kaylee end up playing anyways? Not really much. And so they actually, they haven't left the team quite yet, but they're going to be off. They're going to be leaving the team at the end of Contenders uh, China season, which makes sense. Um, you know, Jihoon, Jihoon, how much did Jihoon do that? That was impressive. Um, Kariv, mm. unfortunate for Kariv, because like Kariv's one of those people that's kind of been around now. Um, and then Mandu didn't do a whole lot either. So I, I'm curious to see where, where Wangzhou goes from here, um, because I think there's a lot of opportunities to pick up some other players. Um, Guangzhou is a team that has the most uh, questions to be answered regardless. So, yeah, these moves, I don't think are necessarily like like the Kaylee one is the one that's still I'm like, we, we never really got to see. It. So, yeah, that one still kind of hurts. And like we've talked about, or at least I remember talking about with you and Deathblow a little bit was like a lot of the love for Kariv is really good moments. But I mean, the guy has not done that much over the past two years. No, I mean, Guangzhou didn't do much at all this season, though, either. Like they they had a really rough season. so. When you have bad seasons like that, sometimes you're not even sure what you have in the players that you have anyways. 
I was speaking of that. We'll talk about the second team first, actually. Florida Mayhem have released almost their entire roster. Um, there were rumors we talked about last week that they were going to be pursuing a full Western rebuild. Um, but we kind of got some confirmation as far as a big thing happening. So OG, Checkmate, Slime, BQB, Gargoyle, and Gognam Jin are all now free agents. Yaki is currently the only person still listed on that roster. And there's already a lot of talk about that they'll be trading him to somewhere else um, to kind of build up more liquid money to work with. I don't know. Either way, it's this team was a fr- was frustrating. Because you looked, we talked about the beginning of this of the year. This team had all these pieces that, if they all hit, would have been super, super good. And they hit definitely for the May melee, but just since after that, they could not recapture it, and they They struggled to even get there. Yeah, they fell apart. And I think the one that surprises me the least is OGE because we we don't even know why OGE was put in for checkmate for the one you know one quarter of the season. Uh, OGE is a guy who's. His highs are very high, but his lows are very low. And I think we saw a lot of that happen on Florida, right? Well, there was already like was really good. There was already like the perception going into it that like, hey, this is like the last chance for OG. I think it was kind of the narrative already about the guy going into the season. Which if somebody's got talent, you'll take more than one chance on him and even more than three chances on him sometimes. So I don't know if it's necessarily going to be that or not. It could be. Um, checkmate it was weird because we never really got to see him play his main role so that was really confusing for me I, I thought slime was fine I'm a little bit surprised by slime Um, I think he's still a pretty good player BQB, that's one of those ones we'll have to talk to Howler about because I'm sure he has more developed feelings on it than we do yeah BQB I, BQB he, you liked the couple of heroes that he was really good at it was just that was it he had those couple heroes um, I think that was always the problem with big QB. Um, he's, I think he's very good at those players though. So I think on the right team, he'll find a spot. Gargoyle, I thought was pretty good. And Gangnam Jim definitely I've always thought was pretty good. So. It felt like, yeah, Gangnam Jim and Gargoyle. I had thought were definitely coming back. Slime, maybe BQB, like BQB had moments for sure over the past few years where he was super, super good along with Yaki. So I don't know. Hopefully they all, I would like to see them continue to get work. Um, we'll see where they end up. There's, they're not the only team that's rebuilding. Um, yeah. Another one being Toronto who have done a similar strategy. They have released everybody except for Hisu. So Lastro nice Michelle Aztec, Unsoon J, Aspire, Logics, and Sado are all now free agents. You know what's funny? I totally forgot Logics was on that team. Yeah. I, I did not even remember that. I totally forgot. Because I mean, did we see him play ever like ever? Like other than maybe one, at the beginning? Once or twice, I think. Yeah, and at then the beginning, even right? when he was supposed to come in for hitscan stuff is when he got sick with COVID. And then Aspire um, took his place, right? Yeah. And then Aspire just never came out after that because Aspire just ended up being, I guess, better. Um, so this is I, I feel like Toronto does this every year. No, it just, has been every year, every single year. That's okay. been a complete rebuild. And honestly, if there's a year that makes the most sense for it to happen, it is this year. Because you just don't know what 5v5 is going to be. So 
they didn't do a whole lot anyways this year. Might as well just start from the ground up. I'm just like, I just have to imagine for like, as a fan of a team, not myself personally, but like if you're a fan who's trying to be invested in this organization, it has to be so frustrating just to be every single season be like, okay, well, like we have pieces, we can make another it, and they're all gone. Like every single off season, we're doing this complete roster turnover. Yeah, and but I mean, they, they they always are at least middle of the pack. Yeah, and like the expectations for this team were higher. This team should have been better. I like I think that's completely fair to say, but like, yeah, but how I much like higher? I mean, a little bit, but like, it's not like it's not like this was a team that was expected to be, you know, competing for championships, right? No, maybe a playoff um, team, baby. It just I think what's this, like Aspire isn't surprising. I expect him to go to Florida if they're still doing what everyone is saying they're going to do with that rebuild. Um, I think mostly for me, it's just that la- it's last row is the only confusing one, I guess. But even then, I hope that I hope he gets another spot. I would love to see Michelle get another spot. Same with. I think the big question for this is really where does Sato go from here? Really? I mean, Sato's kind of an average tank. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he gets where if he gets picked up anywhere. He might. I mean, it, it, uh, possibly. But I, 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 he's not the one I'm most curious about. I'm more cu- curious about a lot of the other guys on the team. Well, um, there's a couple more you get to be curious about because the Hangzhou Spark, while we were talking, put out. That's the thing I forgot. All like a lot of the um, the APAC teams are putting stuff up right now. Yeah. So, so there's might be things that when this comes out for the recording uh, that we haven't covered yet. And that's well, I guarantee of, there will be just because yeah, a bunch probably. of stuff will get announced on Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's why. So. IDK. Mika, Seamansu, and Coldest have all finally been released from the team. Your boy is free, Labosco. I just am curious if anybody's going to remember he exists, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, like it's very concerning when, like, you are a player who is as highly touted by a lot of people as Coldest was, and then you never get in. You know? I think we, mm-hmm. we saw a little bit of Coldest towards the end, and he played pretty well. If I remember, did he I, or, or am I misremembering that? I might be misremembering that. Either way, the point is, is we didn't see a whole heck of a lot of him. And now there's the chance that somebody else can pick him up and, and see what he can be, which I hope happens because I really did think that this was a guy with a lot of potential and we don't really know why he never played. We'll see with how it goes. I mean, some IDK might retire from the tweet that they put up for him. When they talk about he's heading to his next journey. I don't know what that means. That's also just speak for he's not with us anymore. But I'm interested to see where they go. Unfortunately, I feel like this is the end of the road for like Sam and Sue. I don't know why. Like every time someone who plays, he's good. How much did he play this year? He played a little bit. I mean, the problem is, is like, I just don't understand how like a guy who was at the highest of highs on Vancouver. And was pretty good anytime you ever saw him play since then, how he never gets in. I just don't understand it. Like to mm-hmm. me, that that's something that just makes no sense. I, I I think that he has the ability to be a great player. 
Uh, it's just about, is anybody going to give him an opportunity? We'll see. I mean, the offseason has just begun, my friend. Uh, we're going to be talking for the rest of this episode. It was posed to us last week. I think it bears a decent chunk of discussion. Overwatch 1 competition is firmly done at the major level. So, I think now that we have officially ended this period in the game's history, I think it's time to start putting together the idea of who the greatest Overwatch professional Overwatch player for Overwatch 1 is of all time. This is hard, too, because there's a lot of people to consider for all three positions. Mm. Um, and remember, this is Overwatch 1, right? This is not Overwatch League. This is Overwatch. Mm -hmm. So maybe some people will be surprised by some people on the list or may not know of some people on the list. So what category would you like to start with first? Um, I'll start wherever you want to start. Uh, I'm good I, starting wherever. I mean, so some of these are easier than others. Um, mm -hmm. I would say if we get the most difficult one out of the way for me personally, when we look at like, and I put four as a number arbitrarily here, we could always kind of go off of that. The best tanks of all time for Overwatch League. Okay. There's only a couple that come for to Overwatch mind. Overwatch one. Overwatch, Overwatch one. one, yes, for Overwatch one. Um, there's a couple that uh, that come to mind for me. Um, I have a harder time kind of working out who I think should be in there. The only name that I was a hundred percent confident in was Choyo Bin. Yeah. Um, as far as one that I could definitely throw in that category, like in contention for that, Choi has been the best off tank in the world for the past three years. Maybe not this year as much, but like there was a solid period of time where that guy was the best in the world at his position without anybody with people kind of trying to compete with, but never actually reaching up with him. Yeah, he I mean, he was a MVP for the overall or for the, the championship game for a reason. Right. Um, it's hard to argue against him on the list. Two championships under his belt in the Overwatch League. Um, an incredible player on an incredible team, and he was a large part of why. I mean, even in their playoff run in this last season, he was a difference maker in them making it as far as they did. Mm -hmm. So I, I think he's a very good choice. By the way, if you're in the chat with us tonight on Twitch.tv slash Mastro's Buttons, and you have some suggestions for who you think is the greatest of all time at one of these positions, throw it in chat so we can see it. We'd love to hear your opinion. Um, Labosco, give me your nom give me a nomination you have for best tank. Um, if see, you this have is, one, this is this, this is really hard though. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with Gesture as one of them. Now I know that maybe as of late people might have a little bit of a harder time picking Gesture, but this is a guy who won season one, got to another championship in season three, won a Apex title as well. And completed the Royal Road, by the way. Yeah. In Apex as well. Exactly. So it, it's hard to not pick him because Arisa and, and Roadhog and Winston, he's still one of the best players at those three spots, um, even to this day. Um, especially Arisa. I think he's maybe the greatest Arisa player of all time. Mm hmm. So it's really hard to not have him on this list, especially with the accomplishments that he's had.
And I have a hard time, like, so these are the two that jump out for me. And I have mm-hmm. a really hard time thinking outside the box for this because you know me, I have like my esports history with Overwatch literally started with Overwatch League. I don't have the greatest, mm-hmm. I guess, feeling going back there. But like, I think there there was definitely a point in time where like Miro would have been part of this conversation as well. I feel like Miro almost needs to be on the list because he revolutionized the way that like main tanks played Winston. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to not have a list and maybe not give him the nod because of that. But I think it's also okay to not have him on the list because he didn't, he didn't, um, as the game progressed, he wasn't able to stay with it, but he is somebody Mm -hmm. that I think you have to, to think about putting on this list. I, I I definitely think he's somebody that you can consider Mm -hmm. and he's also somebody you could leave off. Like, I think there's an argument for both sides. Like, but, I don't think he wins. Of, I don't think he wins, but he's definitely someone who should get a nod. Right. He's definitely on the list, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like for what he did or the position specifically, it's hard to not choose him. Who are, do you have anybody in mind to try and round out this, like, this little core here? So th- this is where it gets really hard because, like, I feel like there's a couple of other off tanks that can maybe find their way onto this list for me. Um, we already did two off tanks though, right? Like we just did No. Or no, wait, we did two main tanks. Sorry. I, I'm I'm thinking I'm looking at my, my list and I'm like, okay. Even um, if it's not an off I mean, it doesn't have to be just four. Just tell no, me who I you're know. It, it it's just th- this is where it gets really hard, I think, with the tank position. Is I think there's maybe a couple of main tanks you could put on here. Like you could put super on here. Um mm-hmm. you could put Smurf. I, I don't think either of them are maybe gonna pass some of these other guys. If we could combine them into one human, I think they would. Yeah. But they, they, I think that part of me is like, thinks Fury. Because Fury has always been such a good off tank. And was another guy who won a championship, was a part of a lot of very successful teams, and has always been a standout like off tank and maybe one of the best divas to ever play. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Hanbin. Are, are two guys that have been coming up in Hanbin more recency bias because he has been maybe the best player on Dallas. He was probably the best player on Paris. He won an incredible, like the most contested contenders championship we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's somebody else that comes to mind. Th- this I think is the hardest part because there's, there's other guys that we're not even mentioning. I think that can probably get on here too. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where like, and this is, I think, our opinionated list, because I think you can endlessly argue who would get the greatest of all time for any of these positions for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could put space on the list, right? Space has always mm-hmm. been a s- incredible off tank. Um, Void, I think, is somebody that you can maybe consider to put on this list. But like, as far as like longevity and stuff like that, I think that's... Heck, he just is going into the military. You could maybe put Mono on here. Like Mono's a guy who's had a ton of success, especially in Overwatch. I completely time. forgot with Mono, definitely. Um, but I think I, I keep coming back to Fury though because he's a guy who's who's done it for so long on multiple teams, and he he's somebody who he has one of the things that I think matters too, and he was able to win a championship. Right. 
Um, did we? I, I don't think we mentioned space, but space is another guy you could have put on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's somebody who's like, if we had a second tier of this list, where he's like, he's not an automatic thought for me, but he's someone who I think has had a really great career so far. Yeah. I mean, and we're talking about Overwatch as a whole, right? So mm-hmm. Overwatch what? So it doesn't necessarily have to be guys who were on these, who made it into Overwatch League. But but as far as like guys that are like coming into my head first, a lot of them are Overwatch League guys for the most part. Do you like think there's Void, not a, What's that? Do you think Void should be on here? Because he's well, also they, been elite for the past two years too. That that was another one that I said was Void. I did say Void. Um heck maybe like the problem with fearless is there's that such a bad part of his career i think why why maybe he doesn't get up there and and again i think his pool is a little bit too narrow mm-hmm. but i think that's why like guys like gesture and, and miro are pretty good because of gesture especially because like history wise and he's still a guy that's important in the league even now mm-hmm. all right we'll try and clip this down a little bit Out of all of these, out of this list right here with Choi, Gesture, Miro, Super, Smurf, Yuri, Hanbin, Mono, Space, Void. If we're trying to get this down to a top four, who do we think we who do we think is available to cut? Well, I feel like you should just pick four, right? Yeah, I think okay. So let's first go like the the obvious choice that's on this list, right? I think there's two that are like super easy to do and i think yeah. that's choyobin and gesture right like i think those two are locked i i'm less on the gesture train i definitely think he should be in that conversation I'd, i would put him on there yeah who has a more decorated career though and has been better for a, as long of a period of time mm-hmm. as him though right i mean soul's inconsistency has kind of been kind of left in shadow as far as like what people consider for him as a tank and as a as his career but like in playoff situations, there's almost nobody else I want on my team but that guy. Exactly. I mean, you can maybe question why did he disappear here this last season, but he still got to two championships, right? Mm-hmm. He still I, won two championships if you include Apex. I think. Man, I feel like Mono should get on there just for being present in so many historic pieces of Overwatch League. Well, not, not even Overwatch League, too, but you look at Apex with LW Blue. You look at the World Cup with, like, Korea firmly establishing its dominance with that, like, with the 2017 World Cup, 2018 mm-hmm. World Cup. Being a top three guy, or at least considered a top five guy all of his career with Overwatch League, I kind of think Mono should be on there, too. You can put Mono. I don't think that's a problem either. Um, somebody we haven't mentioned, though, that, that just came to mind, though, is Zumba. Zumba is maybe somebody, especially if you talk about pre-Overwatch League, right? Um, Zumba is somebody who was incredibly good mm-hmm. uh, in, in, season, in, in the pre-Overwatch League time. So maybe just another name to at least th- that would have been on the list um, just because I, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned him. But- oh, good call. But but either way, like, I think if you're doing this, you got to do gesture Choyobin. And then. Maybe Fury and 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 Mono. I'd, I'm good with that. I think that's I'd, maybe where you go, because who who are you replacing one of those four with that you think would be more 
deserving on the list. Maybe Smurf or Super. But like you said, it's more of like if they were combined that you would kind of want to pick them. Yeah. I think this top four is probably the best that we're going to get out of it. I think you could could have a very long conversation about Tank, but I do think that's really good. Um, I do think that it's worth mentioning guys like Zumba and Miro, even though they didn't have the success in the league that they that others did. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's also why I think guys like Gesture um, should be put over him and Fury. Um, Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty solid four. All right, let's move on to support, which I think will be a little bit easier to wrangle with. I went first for this lot for tank. So why don't you go first for this one? Okay. So I think the, the, the easiest first support to put on here, um, actually like who to pick, like here, who to mention first is like kind of hard, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because there's so many flex supports that are coming into my mind first. And I just don't know which one to mention first. Um, but I think I'm going to mention the guy who came out of nowhere in season one and ended up being the MVP in in, in Jonak. I think Jonak definitely needs to be on that list. Um, Redefined how to play Zenyatta and how mm-hmm. to play the flex support role. Even was it was a DPS player originally too. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's something that people forget about as well. So. He he definitely has to be on the list in my mind. One that I was surprised actually you didn't mention because you typically are the first one to bring him up every time. I think Violet has to be on here too. Well, that was the other player that I was thinking about, right? Let mm-hmm. like he 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 was somebody who has had such highs. I feel like this season, because they had him doing such weird stuff at the beginning, I think it kind of threw him off for the rest of the year. But I definitely think he's got to be on the list. Well, it definitely felt like towards the end of the season, he was sheer force of willing. Not that shock was lagging, but I felt like you could feel his determination coming through games where he just wanted to win so badly. Yeah, he he definitely improved, especially towards the end. Um, and, and definitely was a difference maker. Like, I think, I, honestly, I think support is maybe harder. Like just looking at it and, and like my mind's going to a lot of flex supports first, but like there are guys that 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 I'm thinking of, like for for main support too that need to be mentioned. I think this list is going to be the hardest one. Well, I think what may end up happening is we might just need to be ha- we might need to put together just a starting six. Yeah. And we- then go from there and pick one of those starting six because like. The only other flex support to me that comes to mind will be Ryu J. Hong. Uh, another person who was revolutionary and why like you don't have Jonak if you don't have Ryu J. Hong. Mm-hmm. I think J. Hong gets on there. Who do you think? I think Alarm could even be on here. Alarm is that good. I think that's mm-hmm. worth mentioning. What do you think for main supports? So main support you know, you mentioned one part of it. You have to mention the other part of that Luditikai support line in Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Toby has consistently shown that he is an incredible player and to be able to still compete with some of the Lucios 
and some of the players that we have in the league now, I think it's pretty incredible. I think Toby goes on there. I think Moth goes on there as well. Moth was the other one that I had as well. After those, I'm not 100% sure who else you put, who's been at that top level the entire time. I almost would have thought Animo would be on here. Um, but as far as like other guys, gosh, it, it you know, I, I think if we maybe think of like, if we go back into Apex days, maybe there'll be a player or two we would think of. But I still think like Toby was the apex, like the 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 main support guy, even of those days. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, too, why like Toby is so high for me. Um, and and a guy who, even though he hasn't been a starter here as of late because of Funny Astro, I think that he should be on the list. Astro is a guy who I feel like we'll be talking about in a couple of years as like in yeah. contention for this. Exactly. Like maybe not right now, but. You definitely, you know, you, you know who, who we're not thinking of who needs to be on this list. Lee Jae gone. Yeah. Definitely. I think Lee Jae gone needs to be on here, too. Gosh. All right. There's keep it move. Yeah. You go. I don't know. I'm just like thinking. I just keep thinking of other guys. That's all. So. Let's move on to DPS before we start kind of grinding down our to- like our starting six. When you think about DPS, I already know who you're going to say for your first one because we've, we've talked about it last episode. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it for you. I know that for your call for this, the greatest DPS player of all time would be Striker. Uh, spoilers too. He I might mention him again later for another conversation. But yes, definitely Stryker has to be on this list. Um, just ask San Francisco Shock how much they missed him, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he turned out to be this guy who had this incredible, um, incredible whole uh, hero pool that we had no idea he was going to actually have. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is one of the craziest parts about him, too. That makes it so impressive. So I definitely think he he should be on here. Um, and I definitely think he's he's in my starting six at the very least. I think for me. So striker, I know, is the is a very solid throw in for you here. Um, I think for me, it's Fleta. Mm-hmm. You look at somebody who even back in Apex was consistently almost the best player in the server at points, even on a team that was horrible, like flash Lux, like he has been a difference maker and a game changer since the start, like since kind of the dawn of like really visible competitive overwatch to the point where like the Fleta deadlift is a thing because of him, because of how good he was. Yep. Without a doubt. He's somebody that, that he's, he's been an MVP. He's been an incredible player for a long time. It's hard to not have him on the list. Which, by the way, you look, you, it almost feels like he's calmed down a little bit this season just because his DPS partner is so explosive and he still feels like he's on another planet. Mm-hmm. I do think as well, give this another year and a half. 
I think there's a decent chance that Lip is on this list too. Yeah, I mean, Lip is somebody who was really almost seemed like a a sombra one trick, mm-hmm. and now he's been showing that he can play a lot of other characters. So that that I think is definitely why you have to maybe consider him for this list. Um, who else are you thinking? So there's there's a few guys from from days of old that are coming to mind. Um, one in particular, because I think he's maybe the greatest leader that Overwatch ever had, um, even though he was a older player when he was even playing in Overwatch at the beginning. And that's Eska. Like, it's hard for me not to think about Eska. Eska is maybe my favorite player of all time for Overwatch. Um, Just the type of guy he was, what he meant to Lunatic High. And he he is somebody that I think needs to be mentioned. I don't think he makes the starting two, but I definitely wanted to mention him. Um, See, DPS, I think there's a lot more players that we need to mention. Like, because we still haven't mentioned Carpe yet. Mm. So, so I think the guy that I'll actually, you know, like that I legitimately think will probably be a player that we would end up picking would be him. And there's still other guys we got to mention. See, Carpe would have been an easy pick for this for me. But the last two seasons, he and granted, I think that's just because Overwatch has become more and more and more and more specialized. Yeah. To the point where you can't just throw Carpe on Widow and expect him to solo win new maps anymore. That's just not how that works. Here's the thing. I think Carpe going into 5v5 and some of these other DPS guys that we know of, like who who were like crazy carries, I think that they are the guys that we're going to be talking about the most when Overwatch 2 happens. Especially when they talk about like how healing is, like how they've talked about healing possibly working. Yeah, as far as like how you can't just full burst somebody from zero to full health in like one second. Yep, exactly. Man. Alrighty. So right now we got Striker, Fleta, Eska. I think SBB deserves a shout out at least. Uh, Sabi Olby. Um, we didn't mention Haskell yet either. We haven't mentioned Bird Ring or Rascal. Haskell and Rascal need to Haxel? both be. Yeah, Haxel and Rascal yeah. both need to be on there. Um, Bird Ring, Sabiel B. I, I think those are all guys that I, they they need to be in the conversation. Um, and, and one tank we didn't mention, not that he would be a starter, but for how good he was, even in Overwatch League, even though he, there was a lot of controversy around him, Fisher. Mm-hmm. Fisher needs to be mentioned for tanks. The handsomest lane tank in the league. And and one more guy I'll mention here for t- DPS. Um, and he didn't have the same success in the league as he had. I mean, he was decent at the beginning, um, but the team just continued to fall off. But Taimu, I think the the impact that he had as a DPS, especially in the Apex days, and some of the shots that I've seen him hit that I don't I've still never seen anybody hit, he he needs to be mentioned. Um somebody like if there was one person to mention from like those early day envious teams, I think like he's the one maybe deserving most of mention over um, effect. Effect didn't win a championship with them and he was good, but effect they never won True. anything with him. Taimu won and Taimu was one of the big reasons why they won. So to me, Taimu gets the edge over him um, and for other reasons too, because effect uh, 
as a person turned out to be not very good. So does that mean we get to put Mickey on the list? No, I'm sorry. I like Mickey, but he doesn't make this. If we're talking best play people, then yes, but we're not talking about the best people. We're talking about the best players. All righty. So this is going to be, I think the impossible part, but I think we got to, we got to try and do it just to make sure we don't stay here for the entire night. Mm-hmm. If we're putting together our starting six. So two DPS players off tank, main tank, main support, flex support. Mm-hmm. I, I give you, I'm giving you first pick for DPS. Who's your pick? Um, my first pick for D- it's striker, obviously. Mm. It's striker. That that's All the right. easiest one. I think Fleta goes in there too. I think we do striker Fleta as our top two DPS. Are are we are we copacetic with that? Are we simpatico in there? Wait, this is with striker, striker, and then I think I I would put Fleta as the other starting one. Um. Yeah, I think you because of the success towards the end here, and he was somebody who was always carrying teams in Apex. Longevity wise, it, it, it's hard to not go against him. Um, the only other guys that maybe you'd consider like Bird Ring because of you know longevity, mm-hmm. or or like a Rascal, or say uh, those are the only other ones I think, or maybe Carpe. But but I think Striker and Fleta is a good two. All right. For main tank. I think for main tank, it does come down to gesture or mono. And then I think when it comes down to that, you look at who's actually won the championships. I think it's I think it's gesture. I think it's gesture, too. Um, The only other guy you'd maybe consider for main tank is super smurf. Mm -hmm. Um, Which again, if we could combine them into one person, I think it's easy. It. But I think All gesture right. gesture is definitely the choice there. And then off tank, I think it's Troy Ben. I think it is too. Um, the only other guys you maybe consider are Void, Fury, Void or Fury. I think are the only other two that maybe you would really consider. And again, if if either of those guys, <laughs> this is such a like a pompous thing to say. If either of those guys had one more championship, like considering the fact that they both already have one, <laughs> like. Right. If either of those guys had another championship, I definitely think that they is a much it's even tighter. But I think when you just look at the body of work, I yeah. think it's Troy. MVP too of the mm-hmm. championship game. Like he plays when, when it matters most. So it, I, I think that's a good t- one too. Um, you know, Fury, Fury, there's certain heroes that were maybe you don't want him on so much as others. Um, but yeah, I think it's easier to go with Troy Oban in that situation. All right. For excuse me. For main support. This is the like, hardest. This is the hardest one to me. I think so because like Moth has more recent success. But also it's not like Toby didn't Toby didn't win 3 Apex Finals for nothing. Not 3, I'm sorry. Toby two. didn't win 2 Apex Finals for nothing here. Like wins two, goes to an a championship in the Overwatch League as part of um 
soul, right? Mm-hmm. The only player that lived, the, the player that made it the longest on soul as well, um, lost his starting job, won it back. It, it's hard to not go with, with Toby for, for his longevity and the fact that he's won multiple championships, been to another. Moth is the other guy, though, I think. Um, I don't know if there's anybody. Maybe Lee Jae Gon would be the other guy you'd consider here. I don't know who else you would even consider for for main support. Who has the better brig? Between Toby and... uh, Between Toby and Moth. Toby does, I think, right? I, mean, I don't we know. Didn't see, we who didn't cares? see Moth's brig who, all year. Who cares I, about... Well, no, because I'm trying to think, like, Lucio... I mean, it's the boop guy, but also Moth has a very similar amount as far as like huge game altering boops in Lucio play. Let's be real. If we're going with a Brigitte, we're going Lee Jae Gon. Yeah. Honestly, we talked about Bonnie's tweet last week. There's an argument to be made for Lee Jae Gon to be the winningest Overwatch player of all time. Definitely has won a lot. That's for sure. I mean... Mike, so as much as I, I'm as much as I feel Toby, especially for the story, especially for I mean, I've asked me jokes about this year of him literally consuming the souls of other Overwatch League main supports to continue his career. I think with two world championships, I still think it's got to be Ma. I think I'm going Toby. I think this is where we're going to disagree. Hmm. Um, and I think it's a good disagreement to have. I, I think either one is good. Um, but I'm going to go with Toby, especially to, I don't know. It sucks because both of them didn't really play here this last season, right? Mm-hmm. So Toby at least played a little bit in the beginning and his team was at least doing okay. That That's not to say that he's better, but I, I'm going to go with Toby. So, hmm. Last one for flex support. I think it's Violet. If it's not Violet. For as it, good as Jonek has been, Jonek hasn't won a championship, let alone two championships. I was going to say, if it's not Violet, you have to go maybe with Ru Jehan. But I think mm-hmm. it's Violet. I, I think you have to go with Violet. Um, he won. Didn't he win the MVP for their other championship? Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure. I think he did as well. I, I my mind's blanking on that, but or was it? You know, it's funny. We didn't mention Ons, but even though Ons didn't play for very long, he was so dominant that it's hard not to think about him for DPS. Not that he would be in the starting two, but mm-hmm. he's just somebody to mention. Uh, I just want to mention him. But I, I think yeah, you, you go. I think you go Violet. This is something we'll we'll put this up to people's thoughts to see what they think. Um, I'm interested to see what people think about Toby or Moth. It's interesting. You look at this, and and only because it's a split. Moth is the only Western player that we've had that is on this list for us. Yeah, but I mean, is that a surprise? Not necessarily. Like there, there's somebody who won't be named. Um, if he wasn't a terrible person, 
And if he played Overwatch longer, he probably would have been on this list. Um, but we're not going to mention him. That's the only other like Western player that maybe would would make it on here. But I think that just shows the show to the, the dominance of Korea, right? Um, because mm-hmm. how many of these players are not Korean that we just mentioned? Only the one Western player. That's it. Everybody else is a Korean player. I mean, it's been said to death, but like the level of career and intensity and like, I guess, dedication that is a like dedication, not the right word. The. The Korean pro scene has the environment that is necessary in order to kind of in order to create talent like this a lot more accessibly than the Western Western world does. Um, I do want. They did. I don't know if they do anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they because st- now they're basically the same as everybody else. Well, this so just to read through it. Oh, again. no, sorry. It was Stryker. It was Stryker and Choi. So Violet didn't win. Hmm. I mean, he was an MVP leading candidate last year, too. Yeah, he was. So our final starting 6.5. For Overwatch 1 is Striker, Fleta, Gesture, Choi Yobin, Toby Slash Moth, and Violet. Labosco, I'm going to ask you to do the impossible. I need you to pick the greatest of all time from these six. Striker. Striker. I I don't think you, you he, as far as a player who dominated the entire time he was in Overwatch League, was one of the best players won two championships, was a MVP, makes a difference in his team being as good as they were or weren't. It's hard not to argue Stryker. Um, I think there's a couple of other people maybe you can make this argument for. Uh, I think a lot we, of people would argue Carpe, even though we I didn't also realized him. we didn't talk about we even we didn't even talk about profit for DPS. There was that's the problem. There's so many DPS, right? Profit's another one that people would maybe put as the best of all time. Like, like, I mean, Profit was kind of like colloquially the best of all time up until about a year and a half, two years ago. Guys, or like even Stry- like more this year, I think Stryker has kind of outpaced him in that conversation. Especially too, like him missing, you noticed it for for San Francisco, right? Like you noticed a difference. Like Lister ended up being really good towards the end of the year, but it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that you, you have to maybe consider him. I think there's a couple of other people that you can maybe argue this for. Um, I I definitely think it's a hard decision, but for me, like he just did things that you don't see other people do. And like the way you see other people talk about him is why I say striker, right? How uh, people competed against him, how they talked about which team was it? Was it, I think it was Shanghai said they don't have striker so it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. That's that's like that's some of the highest praise that you can give to somebody. So I think he's the choice. I think there's a couple of other people that you could have picked though. I think when you look at it I think it has to be like if Fleta gets two championships, I think it's Fleta. I think you can argue Fleta though. I still think you can do that because you talk about him being a dominant player all the way back in Apex days on a crap team. 
he has something named after him in this as a stat, right? The Fleta deadlift. Mm. So it's you could easily argue him. You can argue Carpe. You can argue. I think from there it gets maybe a little bit diff, more difficult, but I think Choi Obin's in the conversation. Um, and then I think support like a flex support man this is where it gets a little bit tougher like arguing flex supports because or, or even a main support so and maybe that's just because of that how their impact works we didn't mention we need to mention Shu for another flex support by the way um he's always been a solid player i don't think he passes a lot of other people on the list but he's definitely somebody to just at least have mentioned um, just quiet quietly a beast the whole time yeah um i think you maybe go violet or 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 if you're if you're picking support right you're probably picking violet uh, of the group so i i think to me though it's flat or or, or striker or carpe like those are the guys that 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 come to my mind first and shoyobin i think i'm with you on the striker one i keep forgetting like it's one of those things where, like yeah like whatever how good was striker really and then like you go back and like, it was a different level. Nobody well, could touch him. Okay, you want to know how good Striker was? Look at season one, Boston Uprising to season two. Mm-hmm. Where that man solo carried that team to winning, to to playoffs, to being one of the final teams. Right, mm-hmm. like you're talking about an all-time performance. I think he's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Um. Right, season one. I, God, it seems like it's so long ago. Playoffs. They, they, they. What they lost? I think they lost in, in the first round. Right, they lose to the first round to Philadelphia. That's right. Yeah, they don't even make the playoffs though if they don't have striker. Like they're not mm-hmm. the team that they are. They had. Think about the streak that they had too, in season one as well, where they were undefeated for how long? I think that's mm-hmm. something else that people forget. And that to me is one of the biggest reasons why Stryker's the guy for me. I think I'm agreed with you. So once again, our final six and a half <laughs> Stryker, Fleta, Gesture, Choya Bin, Toby slash Moth, and Violet. Let us know. We picked a striker as our number one of all time. Let us know your opinions for your fi- your top six in Overwatch history and your greatest of all time. We'd love to hear it. You can send it to us at Twitter on Twitter at Pushpoint POD. Overwatch or, one history. <laughs> Overwatch one history, yes. Or on order our email at pushthepoint at gmail.com. There's a bunch of other, there's a couple other things you can do to help us out. You can leave us a review on iTunes. It makes it easier for people to find us and we get to know what you like about the show. We read out each new review out on the show. So let us know what you think. Yeah, that sorry. I'm still like my mind's still on, on that. But yes. Yeah, so the other thing that you can do is you can join us in discord and then you can play games with us and stuff uh, and just be part of the awesome mash those buttons community on discord.me slash mash those buttons slash mash those buttons. Uh, it'll keep you up to date with all of your favorite shows from the network and a few of which you're going to hear right about after we're done. Also support the network. It's an awesome place. Please do patreon.com slash match those buttons. Little as a dollar a month. 
and you get access to Patreon exclusive content. So so do that. Tweet at us at pushpointpod or email us pushthepoint at gmail.com if you want to send something our way. If you want to send us our your detailed list, email us. Do that that. So um, if you want to send us points. your full thesis paper about yeah. why about why Violet is actually the greatest of all time, we'd love to read it. And and you might not be wrong. Let's be real. So Alrighty. Um, join us in the Discord at discord.me slash smash those buttons. There will be an announcement going out for game night soon. Um, I'm honestly, I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to be here since I'm going to be busy for the next couple of weekends, but I want to make sure that we ha- make it happen. And yeah, discord.me slash smash those buttons. We take on players of all types. Um, I think we do cross platform now though we have not tried it. So we will see how that works, but we would love to have you for our next game night, which will be We'll announce it probably next week. Yep, but it's going to be fun regardless. So if you want to follow Lobosco on Twitter, he is on Twitter at Lobosco. Very surprising. I don't know if you know that. That would be it. (laughs) If you want to follow me, I'm at Ramsey's underscore OW. And we appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming and hanging out for episode 121, Lobosco. Well, I mean... I, I that was a weird segue, but Labosco, any last thoughts before we head out for the night? No, it was uh, it was really fun, kind of looking back. And I know there's players we forgot. Um, I know there's players of old that we didn't mention that are probably worth mentioning. Like we didn't mention anybody from the old school Rogue team, which had incredible success in the early Overwatch days. Um, Let us know. Tweet at us. Yeah, I mean. There, there's a lot of guys that I think we left off that could have been mentioned. Like there's definitely some recency bias with our list, which I think is fine because that's kind of what happens sometimes. But I also do think that the highest competition has been in the Overwatch League. So mm-hmm. you get it and you don't get it, but that's OK. It, God, this was this was um, it's so weird to like talk about Overwatch one with it being ending like this. It's still kind of bizarre um, that 6v6 will never be a thing we see again. Tank synergy. Goodbye. It was fun while it lasted. There was that really sad picture of um, that really sad picture of um, what's it called of Choi, Super, and Smurf all hugging. It's a goodbye to tank duos. I was like, oh, oh, I didn't even think about that. No, oh, no, like, on your heartstrings. Uh, it made me sad, but. We appreciate you guys for being here. Thanks for hanging out for episode 122 of Push the Point. And let us know your thoughts on who the greatest Overwatch League... Not, I'm sorry. The greatest Overwatch player of all time is... Overwatch, Overwatch 1. One. Yes. Let us know your greatest Overwatch 1 player of all time. Your best starting six. We want to hear it. Push, yeah. Twitter at PushPointPOD. We will see you soon. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. 
If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash themashnetwork, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord. 